Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to be discussing the upcoming full moon on December 7th, 2022. Before we get started, I like to remind everyone that I do use the Vedic sidereal system of astrology, which is different than the Western tropical system. If you would like to learn more about the differences between these two systems, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on media, and then astrology now. I have a podcast embedded there that shares the differences between these two systems. And if your interest is piqued, if you'd like to calculate your birth chart, Go to my website, click on offerings, and then chart to see where the planets were placed astronomically at the moment of your birth. And I have playlists available as well if you would like to dive deeper into the houses, the nakshatras, the signs, planets, all of that good stuff. So today we are talking about this upcoming full moon again on December 7th. And it is December 1st as I'm recording this. It's going to publish on December 2nd. On the first podcast of the month, I usually like to do a monthly overview, but I just thought it could be nice to spend some extra time focusing on the full moon. So we will do the full December horoscope next week, and it's December. This is my favorite time of the year. I absolutely love the end of the year and the beginning of the year. I always feel like it's this amazing symbolic opportunity. And so that being said, have your eyes open, kind of be on the lookout. Of course, I'm going to be posting a year um, forecast in January on astrology now, but I may also have some sort of workshop where we go through the months and look at significant transits and talk about what to expect. So kind of be Um, looking out for that, if that's something that you're going to be interested in. So looking at this full moon, it's so funny. Um, I woke up this morning to a few different texts from friends saying, Hey, is anything intense happening astrologically? Because, you know, stuff is hitting the fan over here. And I had to respond to everyone explaining Mars retrograde and what Mars retrograde is doing and how it is intensifying things. And this full moon that we're having is going to be completely conjunct the Mars retrograde. So if you are also feeling a little bit of intensity happening in the world around you or maybe to yourself personally, you're definitely not alone. So just a reminder that Mars is currently retrograding and will be retrograding until January. Mars retrograde can bring up conflicts from the past, enemies from the past, people that we need to reconcile with or reckon with. And it can also cause us to act a little bit less controlled. So when a planet is retrograding, it tends to skew the energy of that planet and the planet loses its intelligence to an extent. And so when Mars is retrograde, we can see people having outbursts, people being angry, people starting conflict for no reason, people, you know, being belligerent, being aggressive. 
Mars is the planet of war and power and courage and bravery and passion. And then, of course, it can also be how we handle our frustration, how we handle being angry. So when it when Mars is retrograde, those uh, qualities, they tend to become a little bit less predictable and, again, a little bit more out of control, a little bit less intelligent with how we're handling things. So we should all be mindful of our own behavior and we should all be a little bit more patient with the world around us and also don't engage in conflicts that aren't worth your time. If there are people who are being belligerent or aggressive or angry, it may be best to sit it out, give it a few days, let yourself completely collect and regroup and ground before choosing to respond because arguments and conflicts can certainly escalate right now in our personal lives. But again, we should be on the lookout in the world around us as well. We're going to talk about that extensively. So again, this Mars retrograde on the day of the full moon on December 7th, it's going to be at 21 degrees of Taurus in the nakshatra of Rohini. This full moon is going to be at the exact same degree. The moon is going to be at 21 degrees of Taurus. Sun is going to be 21 degrees of Scorpio. This is very intense to have a full moon with Mars completely conjunct the moon. Okay, and the moon is going to be exalted as well, just kind of amplifying the power. So if you have planets at 21 degrees of Taurus, I would definitely recommend being mindful. Of course, we need to look at an individual birth chart to make a prediction, but I would definitely say if you have planets from, I would even say 19 to 23 degrees of Taurus, 19 to 23 degrees of Scorpio, definitely be extra mindful of everything that we've discussed. And when it comes to yourself, just really managing, you know, our own feelings of frustration and irritability and things like that. So I just want everyone to kind of have that on the radar because we have astrology to help us know what to expect so that we can act with wisdom, right? If we know that something intense is about to happen or there's going to be a configuration that may make us a little bit more moody, we can catch ourselves. And instead of lashing out to the world around us, we can process and work with the energy we're experiencing, you know? So just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. So the full moon is a time of release and letting go. As the moon reaches its peak fullness, right? The moon and sun are completely opposing one another. The moon is as bright as it's going to be during this cycle. The only thing that can happen after this in the cycle of the moon is that light is then stripped away from the moon. And so symbolically, as the moon loses light and the rays of the sun are kind of peeled away, whatever it is that we're hoping to release and let go of, it's energetically supported. So if there's anything in your life that you're hoping to let go or release or set down, truly kind of cut the cord of separate yourself from this is a very very powerful opportunity to do so in a very internalizing way 
You know, it's not something where we have to make a big show that we're moving on and then it's done and whatever. It can be something that's happening inside where we really take the time to untether ourselves and kind of energetically set something free. And of course, we're humans and life is complicated and it's usually not so simple as just being like, okay, I'm letting this go and then it's done. But it can act as a marker and a moment to return to. So when feelings creep up or memories creep up or desires creep up, we can remind ourselves that we made that commitment to begin energetically setting ourselves free of these things. And it could even be that you choose to do a cord cutting ceremony, which can be profoundly powerful. If you do a cord cutting ceremony with someone who um, is trained and they can help facilitate that, it can be quite profound. I've done an experience with someone before and it, it was a very memorable experience and I use the tools that they taught me pretty regularly. So that's an idea to consider. This full moon is taking place in the sign of Taurus. And so the moon is exalted when it comes into the sign of Taurus. And of course, the sun is going to be in the sign of Scorpio. In Vedic astrology, we always want to look at the nakshatra in addition to the sign. And so the moon is going to be in the nakshatra of Rohini, while the sun sits in the nakshatra of Jyeshta. These nakshatras are completely opposing one another. And a reminder of the story with this. The moon, Chandra, moves through the 27 nakshatras every month, right? So every month, the moon moves between Ashwini and Barni, Kritika, Rohini, all the way to the signs of Pisces. And in the story, I really don't like using the word myth because I feel like it's too real. <laughs> but in the story, there are 27 sisters. The lunar mansions of the sky are 27 sisters. And the moon is making his rounds through each of the lunar mansion, visiting each of the sisters. And he comes to find that Rohini is his absolute favorite. She is fertile and creative and sensual and kind and compassionate and creative. She has all of these amazing qualities that the moon comes to adore. And the moon is Chandra, right? And so he starts spending extra time in this lunar mansion. And the other sisters start gossiping, like, where's Chandra? Why is he not leaving Rohini's mansion yet? What's going on with this? They come to find that she's the obvious favorite, and they start gossiping. They start getting jealous. Eventually, the eldest sister, Jeshta, who is completely opposite of Rohini, she takes control of the situation. She's like, okay, all of us are upset. We're going to Combine forces, I'm going to take the lead on this, and I'm going to complain. I'm going to tell our father what's going on, because this is ridiculous, it's unfair, right? And so Jeshta has this quality of being responsible, of taking charge, and of being the eldest, right? So Jeshta goes and rats out the moon. He ends up getting in trouble, and he gets a curse that he's going to die. 
And then all of the sisters, all the 27 Nakshatras are like, wait a second, we don't actually want him to die. Like, that's not exactly what we were planning. We were just hoping that he would get reprimanded or, you know, can we kind of back up on this a little bit? But the curse had already been set. So we can't negate the entire curse, but we can mitigate it a little bit. And so their father said, okay, okay, okay. Instead of dying, he'll die once a month and then come back to life. And so this is why we have the phases of the moon where the moon becomes full and then the moon begins to wane. All of that to say, this is a very interesting full moon because it's between these sisters that kind of have a little bit of conflict between Rohini and Jeshta. And, and you know, the moon is sitting in its favorite lunar mansion and it is sitting in its point of exaltation. The sign of Taurus is ruled by Venus and the nakshatra of Rohini is ruled by the moon. So it's this combined energy of the moon and Venus. It's this very sweet, as I mentioned earlier, very sensual, very creative, very fertile energy. And this is also the moon placement of Lord Sri Krishna. If y'all are familiar with Krishna, he chose to be born with his moon in Rohini. <laughs> and it's this very playful, fun, again, creative and romantic. Krishna's known for his love of women. Very romantic placement. So this full moon, just looking at the full moon and taking in its sweetness, it's a beautiful time for creativity and expression and sensuality. It is a wonderful time to focus on creative projects. I can't say, you know, I, I with the way that things are, because Mars is going to be joining the moon, I don't really recommend any grand gestures. I don't recommend anything with other people. Typically, if the moon was with Rohini, I would say this is a great date night or this is a great time to spend with loved ones or, um, you know, create more in intimacy with a partner or try to branch out. I don't necessarily feel that way with this full moon. Um, I do think that this full moon is rather intense and it can actually amplify the odds of there being some controversy. So I would definitely spend more time focusing on ourselves, kind of turning inwards. But something that I had really been thinking about with this full moon being in Rohini and having such an amazing, creative, expansive quality to it, being paired with Mars also offering the passion and the vigor and the courage. This is an amazing time to reflect on our life and how we choose to create our life. I was at the rock gym today and I was thinking about this is that we have so much creative liberty in our lifetime. And of course there are things societally, there are so many things that we're born into that we don't choose. And there are still so many options for each of us, so many paths that we can create, so many parts of ourselves that we can cultivate, so many hobbies that we can learn. I mean, we can really choose our own adventure and create the person that we want to be. And one of the few things that we literally can never manifest more of we can never create more of is time. Time is the sacred canvas that we have the opportunity to create on, but it's our one canvas. 
you know and of course when we look at lifetimes it's like yeah we'll come in we'll probably be reincarnated and we'll have many different lifetimes but for this person that we have the opportunity of being we have this amount of time to work with and i think for some people that may be a little bit freaky or unnerving i think for myself it's exciting it feels like i and i've mentioned this before on the podcast and i think about this i contemplate this every day truly i feel the sense of urgency to spend time with people that i cherish and be really smart about how i handle conflict and try not to let them get drug out too long Um, try to really fill my days with things that matter to me and that enhance my life in a significant way stay away from things that don't leave me feeling good life is too short to wake up feeling miserable every day because i chose to drink or whatever and so I've just been really contemplating that. And of course, Kala, right? Kala, Kal is time. We think of Kali, Kali, the goddess. If y'all aren't familiar with Kali, she is the this like indestructible force who Shiva himself had to lay down for in order to pacify. She's destructive and fierce and powerful. She destroys everything in her path, right? And when we think about time, call that's you know we're all at the altar of time really like we it it will get us eventually time will get all of us eventually and so all of that to say what are we going to create we have this beautiful opportunity to live our life how we want we have so many different paths that we can choose And I think that what keeps us from fully embracing that and fully moving into the direction that makes our heart sing, I think that what keeps us from doing that is usually not even a creation of ourself. You know, all of the narrative, all of the limiting beliefs, all of the narratives that kind of keep us confined, they're usually imposed on us by societal expectations what our family thinks that we should do what a teacher told us that we would be capable of when we were 10 it's like these narratives get stuck in our mind and they become prisons they become these almost like i don't know i'm thinking about bumper rails they become these like rails that keep us confined to one path But it's not the true reality. It's like those voices and those words and those phrases, they're keeping us from being able to see the fact that we really can create what we want in this lifetime. And I think that this full moon is a beautiful opportunity to consider how can we release these? How can we let them go? And so an exercise, because we have to know that they're there. A lot of the time, I don't even think that we know that they're there. It's like we instill these feelings of like, Um, feeling self-conscious or feeling low self-esteem or having doubts about ourselves, those things that I just mentioned, they're usually not a product of ourselves. It's not who we are. The doubt, the lack of confidence, the lack of self-esteem, it usually was created again by something that happened externally. So we're allowing that external factor to 
take away our creative freedom. And for a lot of us, if we grew up feeling really confident or, um, you know, strong in ourself, not all of the time, because there are some people I've met where this is not necessarily the case, but I would say a lot of the time there was someone who had their back. There was someone who completely believed in them. And so what we're really lacking, if we are feeling self-conscious, if we are feeling that lack of courage, we need someone to believe in us. And when we were little, we may not have had that. We may not have had somebody like bolstering our self-confidence or letting us know that the world was an oyster, you know, and we can create whatever we want. But now that we're adults, it's our opportunity to be that person, to be that person who believes in us, who has our back, who can support us in achieving our goals and our missions and what it is that we want. And I'm sure there are many people in our lives who want to be those people too, who are, who are just waiting to be our biggest cheerleader for our adventure, for our creation. And so it could definitely be a powerful opportunity to sit in contemplation and look at a goal that you have or something that you're really wanting to create or a path that you're hoping to carve out in your life. Just kind of look at it and notice the feelings that come up. If there are any thoughts or doubts around it, um, if there are any of those limiting beliefs and noticing who whose voice it is you know who does the voice belong to if those doubts come up and of course you know there are always practical things to be mindful of but I would say a vast majority of the things that hold us back from what it is that we're wanting to create we can usually figure out a way you know and I think that the faith in ourself and the commitment to our life has a lot to do with it So I hope that that gives you some food for thought. I hope that it helps you feel a little bit more expansive and excited. I know that I sure do. Even just reminding myself that any any doubts or fear, I think that I have a lot of fear, honestly, when it comes to things that I want to create in the future. And when I remind myself that it's not my fear, it's such an amazing alleviating feeling and just to share a little bit about my personal life um my childhood was very very complicated (laughs) but to try to explain this as simply as possible my mother is a wonderful person and she is highly 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 paranoid i'm talking like i'll be taking a walk in the neighborhood at 12 in the afternoon like middle of the day and she'll be concerned that something is going to happen to me so it really goes beyond um, typical worry or concern. Like if I was walking on Riverside at two in the morning, like absolutely, that's a concerning type of situation. Um, But she's just, she has a lot of fear herself for her own valid, totally valid, understandable reasons. And because of that though, I was raised thinking that getting on a roller coaster, like I would have a heart attack or going rock climbing, like I would die, or um, when it comes to people, just a lot of fear when it came to trusting people and really letting people inside of my inner world and all of that. And fortunately, I've had a lot of time to work through that. But if I had not had people who believed in me, I wouldn't have gone to grad school. 
I wouldn't have become a yoga teacher, which becoming a yoga teacher led me to pretty much everything else that I've done. I wouldn't have moved to Austin. So essentially, I would have never gone to school. I would probably be living in the city that I grew up in. I definitely would never have become a yoga teacher. Like These things happened because I had people see something in me that they believed in and really encouraged me and said, no, 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 no. I see this thing inside of you and you have to chase it. Because I was totally unaware that it was there. I was totally unaware. I remember sitting in my therapist's office when I was like 15, thinking to myself, man, I would love to do what she's doing one day, but there's no way. Like, I'll never be smart enough. I'll never have the ability to do that. Like, it's so, so, so far. And then I ended up, of course, graduating from grad school for social work and getting to work in a clinical setting and all of that. And so, and again, it's like, that happened because I had people who saw something in me and believed in me enough to encourage me because I did not have the strength myself. Or I mean, I did, but I couldn't see it yet. I couldn't tap into it yet. And the reason that I couldn't was because of these other voices and these other perceptions that had been lended to me. They were not mine. When I was able to see through them, I was able to tap into what I was actually capable of. And this is still happening to me regularly. You know, I think that I have so much more awareness of it, but Um, I still have teachers and mentors that push me beyond what I thought I could do. And so on one hand, I think it's so important to have people around who offer that support. This is partially why I think that teachers are so profoundly important. I think that mentors are so profoundly important. Guides, people that we work with, because they can help us see things that we can't quite see yet. They offer a different perspective. Um... And (laughs) with this full moon, this is the opportunity to be that person, though, to be that cheerleader and to remind ourselves that the doubt, the fear, the limiting beliefs, it's a construct of other people. It does not belong to us. It's an opportunity to release it and to let it go. So I hope that this was helpful for someone somewhere. If there's something that you want to do or there's a dream that you have, there's something that you're wanting to create with this beautiful creative liberty that Rohini is offering us and if you think that you can't do it you know and it's not necessarily a material rational reason I really encourage you to take some extra looks at that because it may be something that's being lended to you by someone else somewhere so that's what came up for me when I was observing the power of this full moon. Because again, it, it's like Mars is aggressive and it is the planet of war and it is irritability, but it's also passion and courage and being brave, you know, and we need to be brave to seize our life to the fullest extent. So globally, I do think that this will be a period of intensity. I think that the month of December will be intense in general. Um, I will definitely say to watch out around the full moon a few days before and a few days after. There may be some heated events. Moon and Mars are, of course, aspecting the sun. Jupiter is also aspecting the sun. And the sun, of course, is leaders. And the sun is in the sign of Scorpio, which is all about secrets and mysticism, magic. But, 
you know, it's also the sign of ups and downs, shifts and changes, secrets. And so I do think that we're still in this period where we need to be mindful of leaderships and things shifting and changing. And of course, there could be information coming out that we weren't necessarily anticipating or expecting with the sun being in Jeshta, involving our leaders. And it could be in our own personal lives as well, of course. And as we move into the next few weeks, Venus and Mercury are moving into the sign of Sagittarius. And so we'll talk about this extensively next week when we do the full horoscope. But Venus and Mercury and Sagittarius, it's always planets and Sagittarius. It's always something that we want to watch. Sagittarius contains some pretty intense nakshatras, including Mula, which of course is the galactic center, and then Purva Ashada. Purva Ashada is very much associated to war and aggression. So I always am mindful when I see planets moving over Purva Ashada, and if we have these kind of other intense configurations happening. So on a global level, I definitely think it's a time to be mindful of diplomacy, to be mindful of world relationships and connections. I, again, I think that December is going to be a little bit of an intense month. Venus and Mercury are also aspected by Mars. And when it comes to media and communication and publishing, um, things I feel have been kind of intense, but there may be some articles coming out that spark aggression or there could be things coming out in the media that spark a lot of controversy and mula it it's a very deep nakshatra and it can also be uh quite rough it's one of the to be honest i love mula for many reasons the tougher nakshatras tend to also be the most spiritual nakshatras (laughs) but um so i do love it for that reason but it is hard and so as planets move over mula we can usually intense anticipate some pretty intense events and there may be controversy and tension created through media or communication could also have to do with social media i know there's a lot of drama happening with twitter right now that may also continue i know that's actually a pretty big deal for a lot of people also and of course, after that, Mercury and Venus will move through Porva Ashada. And so we'll talk more about that next week. Okay, so we'll kind of put a pin in it, just kind of looking at Mula and what that may bring up. And also on a personal level, of course, this can impact relationships and intimacy in our own communication. This is a fantastic time for philosophizing and learning more about spirituality and energy you know, how we connect with others energetically, how the subtle energetic bodies impact our connection with other people and intimacy. You know, are we using our intimate energy wisely in a way that is really aligned with what we believe spiritually? And that's going to look so different for so many people, but it's for you to decide for yourself. And with Mercury being in Mula as well, It's an amazing time to learn more about mysticism, magic, herbalism, Ayurveda, astrology, kundalini. So for the next month, while Venus and Mercury are in Sagittarius, this is a fantastic time to learn about these things and to contemplate these things. And globally, you know, kind of looking at this also, Sagittarius is a fantastic sign, (laughs) one of my favorite signs, and also 
It is the sign of philosophy and spirituality and travel and expansion and religion, but it's also the sign of extremism. It's the sign of dogma, of wanting others to believe exactly the way that they believe. People who tend to be very, very extreme in their way of thinking and and very, very, again, dogmatic, they tend to have something associated with Sagittarius, or of course, it could be the ninth house as well. Um, So we may see conflict and controversy over dogma conflict and controversy over radical religious beliefs or radical philosophical beliefs. We'll see that, you know, as the sun enters Sagittarius as well, because right now, and I hope that y'all can follow this, um, the karma control planets of Mars and Venus, they're in this six, eight relationship. So it's not a harmonious energy. It's going to cause some disruption and conflict and controversy. So we should all be mindful of radical dogmatic behavior and we should be aware in the world around us. So definitely have that in the back of your mind. Again, on a personal level, it's a great time to expand our awareness and consciousness. We may be feeling some wanderlust and wanting to plan trips and things like that. If you're thinking about signing up for a lecture or a workshop or something to expand your knowledge, this is a beautiful, fantastic time for it. So I do hope that this was helpful. Again, I will catch you all next week to talk about the full December horoscope and continue talking about what we can anticipate with 2023. I cannot believe that we are already to a new year. So exciting. So if you would like weekly horoscopes that talk about how these transits will influence your sign personally you can sign up for my patreon patreon.com slash astrology now podcast you can follow me on instagram astrology now underscore podcast and of course my website is innerknowing.yoga if you would like to schedule a reading my name is christine rodriguez this is astrology now thank you so much 